This is a Power 98.7 podcast. Now we're talking. Subscribe to Power 98.7 podcasts in iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. There's more on power987.co.za. Yeah, man, it's a drive. Also, when you look at how we're inching closer and closer to the elections, can the president just pronounce already, uh, looking at the fact that everyone is now just saying May, June, July, August, <laughs> April. <laughs> <laughs> so we're waiting for the president to please pronounce on the date of the mm-hmm. elections so we can better pace ourselves. Others were excited that this is a year where we're going to see uh, holidays <laughs> in terms of uh, the voting and the likes so it's going to be a one, of, one of those in and outs and then yeah. the rest of the day is yours so you're welcome to uh, spend it as uh, you know however where you want as long as you go and cast your ballot on the day because these are crucial elections and everyone has to come to the party here so I told you that we have uh, Chloe who's joining us in studio as we speak right now so we're going to uh, go into some of the stories that caught our attention uh, just uh, this past weekend And we, you know, throwing forward as well, when you look at how then we are a country that never sleeps. So there's a lot that is happening here on the ground and politically uh, we saw build one south africa Chloe, out and about as well as they try by all means to craft uh, their own way to say the right things right mm-hmm. uh, to the electorates now it's all about winning our hearts and i told people that uh, if you really were not aware of your power this is the time uh, that you know you're now the boss right you call yeah. in the shot they're gonna come yeah. to uh, your house they're gonna be knocking there and saying hey mona Chloe, uh, we need your vote. Uh, others are going to be inviting you to rallies and giving you t-shirts and the mm. likes uh, with multiple of promises. Uh, we saw the ANC president who was at Chembe uh, this past weekend. Uh, so it tells you that everyone is just trying to be strategic. The DA was on the ground in Sochanguve. So <laughs> there's a lot on the move, man, politically. There's a lot on the move. Oh, yeah. Good morning. Good morning to all our uh, beloved family. And it's, it's it's really a lot when you come to realize, uh, like you say, and we often hear the conversation, uh, voting, what does it help with? Because <laughs> the same people, Baloyeza, but you've, you've summed it up so aptly that if you did not realize uh, the true nature of your power, now is the time to yeah. actually see that. Because like you say, uh, there's going to be the calls, the SMSs, the reminders, mm. I think, to an extent, the even the food, the food parcels. Uh, <laughs> there's going to be, you know, all these events. The and kissing I think, of black babies. Yeah, right? Right? <laughs> the, 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 the odd uh, white politicians there uh, all of a sudden. <laughs> you know what I mean? Down, down on the ground. And it's all those things. And it's a sad reality but yeah. that's where you come to and it's a sad reality in the context of the fact that uh, there's this show that gets put on every uh, five, five years, years yeah. uh, interchangeably with a two-year gap between uh, you know local and government elections uh, local government elections and national and provincial elections sorry mm. and it, it, it it's a constant cycle and it's a constant change and from that, you you come to realize the, the 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 fact that there is a certain missing 
element mm. in so far as this continues but we, we we continue as we've shared before we continue to seemingly just be pawns in this greater thing because from all of this uh, you, you you come to realize that there isn't effective and this is whether it's from the ruling party or even from parties that end up being elected and then form part of the opposition uh, within parliament or within the various legislatures you then come to realize that well actually these people are not necessarily they don't necessarily practice what we preach or what they preach and then you come to realize that and like who at this point in time is actually worth their uh weight in 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 my vote and you you start asking yourself this thing because they make from all these things they make our continued uh struggles they make uh you know our realities mm. as a people they make those uh they make that fodder they, they as if you know it it is it is play mm. elements play things mm. and like you say there's gonna be the kissing of of of, <laughs> of black babies but you kiss that black baby or then you get down and dirty kukasi but mm. then you go and tweet nonsense that is yeah. racial, literally racial it baiting. It needs to be practical change as well that you're presenting yes. to the people. So don't yes. come and sugarcoat and just grab on an issue and then you want to uh, more or less capitalize on people's uh, challenges yes. uh, by reminding them of how difficult their life has yes. been, uh, which is why at this point in time I tend to find uh, a whole lot of people triggered as well, reminded of uh, really how far we've come 30 years into democracy democracy yes. uh, what do we have to show for it mm. so the others struggle stalwart some of them they die very sad mm. uh, because of the fact that they would say that this is not maybe how we had ima imagined South Africa to be post apartheid mm. would have mm. wanted things to be smoother uh, you see people like your Musi Maimani just holding on to uh, issues right speaking and saying the right things mm. uh, to the electorates uh, practically so how are we going to implement this is going to be one of those issues that come through. He's promised two million jobs. Uh, this is one was one of the hooks in his manifesto. Mm. Uh, they even called it a jobs plan manifesto, yes. Yes. where it was he made that one of his apex issues mm. that he's riding on as a party to say two years since our formation, uh, we want to ensure that we turn things around mm. for not just for you as the electorates, but but for each and every South African uh, that is. Uh, you know, more or less uh, directly facing issues of unemployment. Mm. Others, it's a ripple effect because there's someone that was a breadwinner that is supporting you, no longer as, mm. you know, having the job to mm. provide for you. So he's saying that they're really coming through with change as build one South Africa here. He touched also on the issue of, uh, you know, migration. Mm. I think that's also one of the hot topics that oh, he yes. touched on where he was talking about the influx of uh, particularly even Zimbabweans. And he said that, uh, you know, entering South Africans illegally, mm. saying that we should start there uh, by by bridge. We should more or less ensure that all ports of entries are safeguarded here. But saying South Africa, really, when you look at it, we need a 
strengthened visa regulation mm. uh, to ensure that we curb the influx of uh, illegal migrants into mm. the country. Mm. So when you look at it, that is also one of the issues that is a hot topic right now mm. because every s- s- second person uh, would you would hear them maybe blaming uh, foreign nationals for jobs or even uh, for criminal activities Mm. and the likes Mm. uh, because we don't then seem to have this, uh, you know, space regulated in a way that it will ensure also the locals uh, that there's no threat uh, coming from someone that is from outside of South Africa that is here to maybe push uh, our economy to where it's supposed to be uh, by giving their services. But uh, this is where uh, then, uh, you know, you touch the most of, of people. You go deep to their hearts when you speak of unemployment because it's, it's their lived reality. Undoubtedly so. And I think it's all good plans, right? Mm-hmm. And then, then, like you say, they hit the right notes. And with what uh, Build One South Africa has tried to implement, uh, they, 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 they create the right space. And a lot of these political parties make sure that they do that. Uh, I think for me, is the reality that that, that that irks me, I think, from this aspect. Because as you have said, I mean, they worked it out as they presented this uh, blueprint for creating work opportunities. Yeah. Uh, and, and this is very important. You know, uh, we once had a conversation around the fact that, you know, there's a difference between saying I'm a creator and give you a job yeah. and or a work opportunity. <laughs> and that's what a lot of, uh, you know, political uh, entities often say that we'll create yeah work opportunity a job is well i'll employ you uh, you know i'll employ you and you'll work for x amount of time where a work opportunity is like langa offer something for three months i gave you something and so you're good to go you know but it's 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 those things that we 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 need to challenge as a citizenry as 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 as, as an electorate to say when you're saying jobs, uh, are we talking sustainable oh, yeah. uh, employment? What does that look like? Where do we get that? How do you entail on giving that? Because once you can create a sense of a true understanding within. Uh, your 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 population within the electorate amongst the electorate that uh, yes employment is an issue we want to create employment but is the employment sustainable or is the yeah. employment and what type of employment it is, is it because you can't necessarily say we're going to create and give you jobs but understanding and knowing that if uh, the, the, the 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 those of us who are gathered here all have medical qualifications and then you tell me that I need to go be uh, an administrator or something like that. It, 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 it's, it's, it, it's not, uh, you know, it doesn't align with my qualification and the type of work that I am skilled to actively do. And so that's one of the issues. But one of the things that really came out was uh, Build One South Africa uh, having the, and this is what they presented, saying that they went around and they traveled and they spoke and did all these things and they were able to make a determination Mm -hmm. that there are 18 million households averaging 3.3 people per household so uh, we would therefore put a job in every home at an absolute minimum which then makes us get to this uh, 2 million jobs Mm -hmm. 
over five years. He did stress in the presentation of this the importance of collaboration with non-governmental organizations and the private sector, as well as supporting ventures that will create more jobs in the country. But the question still remains, and I think this is a point where, as an electorate, really, we need to start asking ourselves, what do these jobs look like? What are the you know the, the the jobs and and as much as you know there has been a great criticism uh for the nazi spani that was introduced by the Gauteng government and all of that you and i mean it in and of itself you know it did obviously created certain aspects and elements of 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 of, of hope in similar veins it also created a lot of questions being asked because it was like you know making it seem as though you know you'd be able to attain any old job without creating and i think this is where the issue lies the linkage that our political uh, institutions our political parties our political representatives both in power incumbent opposition and aspirant Mm -hmm. they create these notions without actively telling us that yes I will give you a job. This is how I intend on doing it to be able yeah. to do a one one The practicalities, of it the practicalities all, right? and that's uh. the problem that 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 that, that we face. That uh, you know the practicalities, but number two, uh, the problem that also arises is let's be very honest. Whilst we understand Musimaiman's uh, popularity and how bold one South Africa will probably make some level of traction, not uh. anything too. Uh, powerful, I believe, but a level of traction in so far as um, understanding that there is a base and there is a uh, following that he had from his time as a, the leader of the DA. DA. So that will bode well for him. He would possibly uh, dent, along with Action SA, some of the uh, DA's electoral uh, winnings or electoral, you know, uh, uh, power and or vote. Uh, but from that, uh, you then come to realize that you, you can't, you, and I know it's it's in the nature of the game, but it would be so worthwhile to have a political party that will tell you that, okay, guys, we're running uh, to want to get into parliament. We're not going to win the election. We already know that we're not going to win yeah. the election, but uh, in our attempts to elect us to parliament, and we will make sure that at the top of the agenda is jobs, mm. is this, is that. So now everyone comes and they're like, when we win, when we win, and it's like when you win, go guy, you you, you, <laughs> <laughs> you still need to do the ground exactly. Work, right? So it's it's not practical of exactly. all of these new political parties to be telling us about exactly. You still need to prove yourself uh, that you are capable. Yes, uh, you still need to take one or two of your members yes. to parliament a bit, and then uh, we'll tend to see how radical you are exactly. uh, for us to really endorse you and exactly. trust you as well uh, going forward. I want us to listen a bit to what Musi Maimani said. Over over the weekend, uh, speaking about jobs, because also one of the things that they said, Chloe, mm. uh, that was very significant was uh, when he was saying that uh, we need reforms where the education system is concerned yeah. so that the young people of uh, you know South Africa are employable. Uh, you know, in the long run, to say if maybe we are to uh, hone in on the skills that we're giving these young ones, are they skills for the future? Are they going to make sure that at the end of the day, 
we don't find uh, you know everyone going for the the same course and it's a, a, a you know a bloated kind of a career and we all now sitting at home because we can't all be lawyers we can't all be you know what i mean yes. so so are we seeing really the education system also strategical in terms of arming the young ones do we just leave them to matric and say but like when you do you apply where you go mm. that is all on you or do we become intentional about ensuring that this person is employable? Whatever skill that they're getting from high school, they can use it in varsity. Whatever they're getting from varsity, they can combine them, take it to the workplace. It's a practical way of ensuring that mm. then we link young mm. people to opportunities. But I want to listen. I want us to listen to Musi Maimani. It's a short one. When we come back, we'll continue, wrap up this conversation and move to other stories as well. Our jobs plan today is focused effectively on four parts. The first one is growing the economy for jobs. Secondly, it's reforming education for jobs. And thirdly, it's about building a capable state for jobs. And fourthly, it's creating a safe environment for jobs. I've said it to you and I'll say it to you again. This year, we are going to deliver in the next five years when we come into, a, into government, a government that delivers Two million jobs in every household in this country. Amantha! You say to me, how do we work it out? We've worked out there are 18 million households averaging 3.3 people per household. So therefore, to put a job in every home at an absolute minimum, we require at least two million new jobs. Oh yeah, our politicians, Chloe. You know the the theatrics. <laughs> Two million jobs in five years. Uh, that's what he's saying here. Uh, trust us. Uh, give us your vote uh, when we go into a parliament or when we go into a government. Yeah. We'll try by all means to ensure that <clears throat> we get to jobs, right? As a, uh, the electorate is talking about growing the economy for jobs, reforming the education sector for jobs, uh, more or less building a capable state mm. uh, for jobs. He's talking about a safe environment for jobs. Mm. All of this in the lead up to ensuring that there are 2 million jobs that are going to be created uh, through BOSA if they come into uh, power. So, yeah, he's even saying, Amanda, elect us, uh, we are ready uh, to govern. They're only two years old. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's, look, I, and I understand, no one no one goes into, you know, it's like they say even in sport, that uh, 90% of the game is won before you even get onto the field. The other 10% is what you do on the field, but 90% is how you prepare and how you, you actively present yourself accordingly to the masses and to people and that that is what creates the mentality that allows you to then go on and dominate you know before you get into your aspects of tactics and technical positioning and all those other things and it's all good and well but i just i i i shudder and look this is this is this is this is a um and I guess this is the, the the issue at times, perhaps that you know the political game demands that you create a bravado and a sense of belief that you can do that you are capable uh, that, that you, you are capable yeah, and, yeah. and good for you in doing so. But it's a practicality that is missed, and I think I blame us 
insofar as we've become so disillusioned and we've become so okay as a people to simply accept the bare minimum that is being given. So even when you know that there is no practical way for them to be able to make it with that amount of influence, you then come to think uh, it's okay because it's still something. And, and you, you, you then get stuck in that disillusionment. And I think that the, the, the fallacy that we, 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 we find ourselves in in this political space is, you know, in the same way that we often hear that, uh, you know, the ruling party has... Has, has 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 long ran on the coattails of you know Mandela Tambo and you know the gains of 1994 mm-hmm. a lot of our opposition parties and our aspirant parties run on the coattails of the same disillusionment of thinking that we will make it just out of the blue how do you make it out of the blue? As we said in a, in a previous conversation, I think in our first news rep or so to say, how do you make it into power when you haven't established yourself, when you haven't established yourself, how do you make it uh, into power when you have yet to build yourself? And yes, of course, you can have the funding and you can have all those things. And yeah. It's all good and well. Are able to speak to the people in a exactly. way that I can see exactly. change through you, exactly. right? And and it's not just a, a you know change that is fickle that you want actually uh, hold and it's tangible. You need to ensure that we are saying to you that this is what we're presenting to you in a way that your life would change forever. Exactly. You know, not just a. Uh, you know, I don't know if you had, uh, you know, Pro was talking about how uh, the ANC president was at Chamber and then he promised mm-hmm. to build them like a thousand seater, uh, you know, establishment of some sort. And, and, and these are the kind of things that you're going to get, you know, whereby uh, people would more or less look at whatever you are lagging or your weakness or so. And then they want to come in and say that, listen, I am your savior. I yes. can, I can help you two million jobs that's so over ambitious of him uh in terms of how then they're going to create this two million jobs and if you're talking about reforming the education system and the likes it's not something that you can do tomorrow you have to do the groundwork you have to get the buy-in you have to go and we change the acts and everything else Mm -hmm. that would see so it's not a practical you know they can say all of these things but you need to really read between the lines in terms of saying if you want to say you want to uh, create a capable state, what are those aspects that will tell us that this exactly. is a capable state? Exactly. All right. And then that won't take you. It's a policy reform situation where you would want to build a, a capable state through maybe economical mm-hmm. priorities, some mm-hmm. things that would work to ensure that you will invest. So it's not a, a tomorrow we wake up, we, we vote, and then the next day, day exactly. things are going to happen. So uh, s- s- that's how we need to read between 
between uh, some of the rhetorics and what is said by uh, some of these political parties as they're coming into being and uh, not taking away some of the popularities of these leaders. I mean, Mr. Yes. Memani, without a doubt, he's popular. He's known as that guy, the black democratic guy, mm-hmm. uh, you know, by old people and the likes. Uh, but it doesn't say to us that they those old people are going to endorse him mm-hmm. and see him as an alternative to the ANC mm-hmm. that they've known forever. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it's like you come in to reverse an institutional, an institution that is like, you know, for yeah. years, 112 years, there's no it, child's it's play. no child's play. You know it's what I mean? The, it's, it's the system. They yeah. are a part of the system. So it's no child's play. And I think yeah. if, 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 if some of these parties could actually just implore a certain level of honesty to be able to say, mm. this is what we would like to do, but uh, get us into parliament or get us into government and we will continue to fight for that. Mm. I would easily vote for a party that tells me yeah. that as an alternative, a party that tells me, hold on, guys, I'm not looking to run the country. I'm just looking to be a voice for to you. To be there for, for you. you. Yeah. And, 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 and then from there, if I elect you, then I need to make sure that I follow what mm. is your voting record True. in parliament when we do these things and that's how you then keep everyone accountable uh, but until then i guess uh, it's going to be a long ride uh, like you say we're really hoping that uh, by the time uh, the state of the nation comes around that the president can at least tell us okay we're going to the polls in may or we're going in march because Hey man, it's going to be a long one if 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 if, if, if we don't understand where we're working towards because we're about to hear so many. But I think to that effect, where people can, especially to those that are undecided in their voting, um, when these parties launch their manifestos or they have something in your area, just go out and listen. And I think it really goes a long way in t- in yeah. terms of determining. Uh, what's what and who's who in the zoo. It's, it's tricky, man. These people are going to pull out those old t-shirts with uh, Mandela born. on. <laughs> born. <laughs> so they can remind our grandparents that you, this is the ANC of Mandela. Yes. So you need to vote for this ANC of Mandela. So, so we're going to see it all, right? I'm we're going you. to see it all. Uh, but then you as the electorate, remember, you have the power uh, and it's all you, right? It's all on you. Uh, whichever political party comes into uh, you know being or victorious post the elections it will be you <laughs> it will be through you so there's no one that is going to come from heaven and cast a vote so we're going to all go there and cast our ballot so remember to make the wise choice something that will work for you in the coming five years remember that we are on 0861 so we're welcoming to hear from you in terms of whatever is on your mind where this news that we're discussing here on the show is concerned a reminder that I have a guest in studio and this being our social commentator who's here with us and yeah we've discussed a lot uh, where politics are concerned but also drawing from what you guys started all right uh, when you open when we open when we open the lines and then you're the ones that guided us into where we find ourselves but i want us to change tech a bit 
and look at developments coming out of the KwaZulu-Natal province or the Zulu monarch. Uh, when you look at it, uh, we see King Misuzu Lucas Zulitini over the weekend appointing Reverend Tulasizwe Butelezi as the new Zulu traditional prime minister. Of course, this uh, coming uh, over the uh, passing of Mangosutu Butelezi, mm. whom we are told held that position for about 70 years. And we're seeing his death then leaving a vacancy there. And the uh, traditional prime minister then uh, would have to be appointed by uh, the king. And that's what he he did over the weekend in, you know, appointing Tulesizwe Butelezi. Uh, let us in on, on, on really this particular move and how significant does it become then uh, for the Zulu nation? Well, this is a move certainly that is looking or what many perceive would be would bring a certain level of stability. Mm-hmm. Uh, but of course, it notwithstanding that it has and it will still have its own implications uh, because really the, the, the passing of uh, Prince Mangosutubu Telezi, uh, you know, when we look at uh, his legacy and of course his is a storied a legacy especially within the context of south africa and uh, where we find ourselves today but really for the role of a traditional prime minister of the zulu nation um having served for that period uh, since 1954 up until his passing really and having served three uh, zulu kings really creates or made you understand the important role and especially when uh, you know the cracks started forming in and around you know the issues of legitimacy and who is the rightful heir to the throne and who should be leading you saw the role that he played uh, both as an elder but as an advisor and as this you know the traditional prime minister to be able to create a sense of calm to be able who and you know you know close the patches and so uh, with the appointment or Tula Sizwe the Reverend Tula Sizwe Putelezi um, has now been appointed mm. uh, by uh, King uh, Misizulu uh, to be the traditional prime minister of the Zulu nation. This also is coupled with the appointment of the former uh, chairperson of the KZN House of Traditional uh, Leaders, Nkosi Patisizwe Chiliza, as the new deputy prime minister. Now, the reason that was shared by the king for the appointment of the prime minister and deputy was because of the work that needed uh, to be done the current or the newly appointed prime minister also happens to be the mayor of the zululand district municipality yeah. and a senior leader of the ifp now from this uh, you know he shared in, in 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 justifying and affirming the appointment the king shared uh, at the 145th anniversary of the Battle of Isandlwana, uh, the fact that Butelezi happened to work with the mm. late uh, Butelezi. For so many he's not years. someone that is new. Yes. In uh, this particular, yes. uh, you know, monarchy and the developments within this space. Yes. So one may even say that, uh, you know, he he was studying uh, Mangosutu Butelezi. Yes. His way 
ways of doing things and how then he controlled the monarchy in his role as the prime minister yes. uh, in a way that then he would be fitting as a person to step into his shoes where this road is concerned. We're seeing uh, there at that uh, Battle of Iswanjwana, a celebration, commemoration mm-hmm. here mm-hmm. Uh, around the 145th anniversary uh, that really these are two people uh, that spent many years together. Mm-hmm. When I saw the surname, I even thought they were related because I was like, Tula Suze Butelezi, Mango Sutu Butelezi, maybe he's a brother and their likes. Yeah. Uh, but we're hearing that this is one person uh, that uh, would then, uh, you know, m- more or less move this role uh, to its uh, you know, future glory when you look at it. Yes, uh, undoubtedly so. And I think probably there might be a long distant relation, but basically mm-hmm. or certainly from what uh, King Misizulu was able to articulate, uh, this is someone who has worked and so understands and in his words would be able to push forward uh, because he understands the vision that Mangosuchi uh, the late Butelezi had and so according to the king this is someone who would be able to do just that and similarly so affirming the appointment of the deputy prime minister as being someone who also worked uh, in close proximity to his late uh, father and so what 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 you're looking at from all of this is really trying to and with of course uh, Mrs. Zulu's ascension to the throne, you're looking at if you could it, it's really a juxtapositioning to you know uh, the, the, the the British monarchy's mm-hmm. uh, you know ascension and shift yeah. in power and transition. You're now looking at a time where now there's a need in the growing need to understand in a South Africa that still tries to grapple with what are the actual roles of traditional leaders and traditional monarchies within the country. Mm. Uh, Are they still relevant? Are they still, do they play any significant role in the lives of the country? Uh, You find these appointments as being, albeit some believing that they are political, which the king has denied, you find these appointments also being a catalyst to be able to modernize uh, these very traditional leaderships and traditional monarchies. And so it's really an interesting thing. And I think considering the heartache as articulated by Mrs. Zulu, King Mrs. Zulu, the heartache of the last three years, the passing of his father, his mother, then uh, Prince Mangosutu, the ongoing turmoil and strife that has occurred over, uh, you know, the power struggles that that, that, that have presented themselves. Um, this appointment, of course, met with its necessary criticism, as you would find with anything, really. Uh, the hope is that will also bring a sense of calm, and I think that's also the aspect of things that are being hoped for, that the emergence of... Uh, the new prime minister will also be that sense of calm in the midst of these ongoing battles yeah. in the Zulu royal household. Yeah, I mean, also when you look at it, uh, the, uh, one would say that Mango Sutubu Terezi has always been the a voice of reason, right? Mm. The voice of authority. Mm in terms of bringing the parties together uh, even before his passing. I think his was to ensure that he guides uh, Mrs. Zulu uh, through this monarchy but also uh, this particular appointment coming Mm -hmm. through at a time when there's just that 
aspersion, that doubt uh, casted on Mrs. Zudu's yeah. uh, leadership here. Doesn't this then, uh, you know, compromise this particular position? What if, uh, you know, his brother comes out uh, through the courts to be uh, the one that is recognized by the courts as being the right the rightful heir or someone that should take over the throne. Do we see him now coming through to say that I would want to have my own prime minister and Butelezi is not the one? Doesn't that also more or less cast this particular appointment in limbo or when you look at what has been playing out in the courts? Most definitely. Uh, it really does. I mean, uh, should... You know, this ongoing battle for the throne continue and somehow it finds uh, King Misizulu on the other end or on the losing end thereof. Um, it really does do that. And it's really then a matter of who then rises and who emerges uh, to be that sound and that voice of reason. And you would find that should in that instance, as you've uh, you know, laid it out as an example, should you find ourselves or should we find ourselves rather in that space, you will then see quite literally a situation of you and all your affiliates. Huck, get out, you know, uh, this is who we would deal with. So it, it, it would bring a lot of those things into question. And so it is something that, you know, uh, it, 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 it's an it, it's 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 a balancing act. It's mm. quite literally a balancing act. It's uh, walking on a tightrope. It is the understanding of uh, the other shoe could fall at any moment in time, and should it, it could really find uh, or present itself to create uh, chaos that would be unprecedented. And it really is something. And I think that is where we then come to realize um, the, the, the role of being a peacemaker and peacekeeper uh, now more than ever, especially in this role of traditional prime minister. And so in the event or an instance that you would find that very situation that you have just uh, laid out, uh, it would require a certain level of calm and it would require a certain uh, prevalence of, 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 of sanity, if you will, for lack of a better word, mm. to allow for, 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 for these things to, to, to take place. So uh, to this extent, whilst things are the way they are, yeah. you would definitely require the prime minister to ensure that he serves in a capacity at which uh, he does not add fuel to the fire. Mm. So let's see, Kanete, if he did learn from Mangosuti. Mango let's wait and see, right? Mm. Uh, because also you hear a lot of people saying that Mangosuti Wutelezi died a sad man mm. uh, because there was just a whole lot of backs and forths with mm. King Misuzuri Kazweditini. So, uh, you know, let's just hope and, 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 and pray that then uh, Tula Suzu would come through into this position mm. and try uh, to be the voice of reason and calm the storm. Uh, because all of this happened 
happening uh, when we see uh, President Cyril Ramaphosa really being granted that leave to appeal uh, that particular ruling in the Supreme Court of Appeal after uh, really he ordered that the recognition of the Zulu mm. monarch be that court ordering that it should be declared unlawful and invalid. Uh, we saw uh, really the judge in this particular regard coming through uh, to give us a sense of where this particular matter is. So it's still in the courts, right? We don't mm. know where uh, really in this particular process uh, how the courts, the, the appeals court would rule in this regard. But the president is uh, saying that he stands by his decision uh, to recognize and endorse King Misuzuduka Zuritini as the rightful heir, someone that should take over then as uh, the Zulu, uh, yeah, the king there of the Zulu nation. I want mm. us to then move from the Zulus and move into the courts and look at what came out of the Senzo Meiwa Mera trial. Uh, another busy week yeah. that was last week uh, where those revelations are concerned. I mean, we were all left shocked. Others saying uh, it has been long, it's been a long time coming in terms of some of the revelations. Uh, yeah, it's just a lot. Uh, but I want us to play a clip uh, that is coming out of what we saw last week. And when we come back, we'll try to throw forward uh, to what we can expect in uh, this particular week. Remember that five men are standing trial here in the Senzo Meiwa Mera trial. They're accused of murdering the Bafana Bafana, excuse me, soccer star. And we see, uh, you know, the cross-examination here uh, continuing here. Uh, we're seeing the investigator, uh, Brigadier Gininda, being the one that is revealing, uh, really, all of these revelations around Avi Davis that are linking Kelly Kumalo uh, to uh, this particular incident. He is further linked by means of a formal confession he made to the commissioned independent officer on the 30th of May 2020. In this confession, he clearly implicates Ms. Kelly Kumalo as the person who gave them the instruction to kill Senzo Mehiwa. He is further linked by means of a formal confession he made to the commissioned independent officer on the 30th of May 2020. In this confession, he clearly implicates Ms. Kelly Kumalo as the person who gave them the instruction to kill Senzo Mehiwa. Yeah, that is uh, one of the uh, shockers that we saw in the last week uh, when it comes to the affidavits here and how some of the suspects here are implicating Kelly Kumalo uh, where uh, this particular trial is concerned. Kelly Kumalo coming through as the center of attention during the Senzo Meiwa murder trial again. It's not the first time that we're seeing her name come up, Chloe, and the court and the nation last week uh, were left shocked to hear uh, that uh, really when you hear uh, when you see or look at it, there are confessions made through affidavits here that are linking her uh, to this particular incident. Uh, wh- what have you been reading into uh, these developments? Because today also uh, we will see the courts uh, play out again uh, there in Pretoria. The trial within the trial. Yes, sir. Uh, really, this is one of the saddest and, and 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 I mean, look, we've 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 done a plethora of stories that mm. remind us of you know the inadequacies or you know the inefficiencies uh, of our justice system where it has lacked and you know where it has not when it has not done what people anticipated to do and where you know we've questioned uh, the notion of justice what is enough what 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 does it help with what does it assist with uh but this 
this is just torture it's mind-numbing emotional uh torture but yes uh this past week uh kelly kumalo uh, was implicated by two uh, of the murder accused uh, to have ordered the hit uh, mm. on her former lover and former bafana bafana uh, goalkeeper the late senzo meiwa and this is following uh, the revelation by investigating officer brigadier bongane gininda uh, who said that the two of the five accused uh, muzisibia and bongane ntanzi uh, were the ones who made uh, these confessions uh, gininda was relying on confessions made by the accused and now what has made it uh, you know a trial within a trial is the confessions in themselves are subject to the determination of whether they were made freely or voluntarily and mm. that's something that will obviously play out as time goes on yeah uh, that, that admissibility yeah, part yeah. the admissibility thereof that's mm. something that will really you know play on and certainly what has come out uh, from all of that really are criticisms around the fact of why now what has changed and that's why mm. the admissibility thereof has been co- called into question uh, so now we, we we find ourselves at this crossroads now you would remember that uh, the initial belief by police was the fact that the murder was a robbery gone wrong mm. uh, but then of course investigations have let, led them to believe that the captain was gowned down in a contract killing um, it is said of course that about 250,000 rand had a initially been agreed for the hit but only 45,000 was paid in cash. Uh, Kininda in his uh, testimony also told the court that the police found the same photo of a bag containing cash uh, as they did on the phone of, of Nube. Uh, this very same picture uh, was found on his phone when his phone was downloaded during his 2015 uh, arrest for an unrelated charge. That same picture was found on uh, Kelly Kumalo's phone is what we heard. Um, obviously, this is not the first time her name has surfaced during the trial. Um, and so there was another time at which uh, she was cited. And this uh, was in an instance whereby the state advocate George Baloy had told the court that he would not be calling a Kumalo that to is come just that something is that is mind-boggling yes. uh, when you look at it yes. uh, because it's not the first time that uh, we are seeing her being implicated here. Mm-hmm. She, no, none of those people in the house mm-hmm. uh, were partners to Senzo. Mm-hmm. So you would say that she would be the first person to be called yes. and she would be the first person you would like to believe yes. uh, to say that I would like to give you guys an account of what happened mm-hmm. uh, because I lost the father of my child. Mm-hmm. But we are seeing here uh, she was not even part of the state's witness list to begin with mm-hmm. from the get-go. Isn't that weird that she would not be a person of interest when exactly. Senzo was there in so in Fosleras because of her? It's not like he drove to Fosleras to see Zandi or mm-hmm. to meet him Togo or mm-hmm. whoever, but he was there because of uh, this is the uh, home of my girlfriend. So the girlfriend should then be the one that is called here. Uh, so, so, 
so it's just so interesting because again we don't see uh, or, or we see uh, Munsami uh, more or less pulling out of mm. representing her mm-hmm. uh, you know in this regard remember that she was there as a watching brief yes. when this case this, this case yes. started and we don't we don't see we're not seeing advocate Munsami being in her corner anymore taking notes as a watching brief so it really remains to be seen how then uh, this particular uh, uh, you know revelation would tend to move the case uh, but important being the admissibility part mm-hmm. because if these two uh, uh, affidavits are not taken in as evidence uh, in a trial within the trial that we're seeing playing out now uh, then we might as well just bury that whatever uh, that that that, that uh, docket that we say they say existed that would have implicated uh, the people that were in the house mm-hmm. so uh, the, the i guess the 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 the, the defense in this regard I should push to ensure that you know these uh, you know more or less implications tend to lead us into more or less seeing a lot of people being roped into account where this case is concerned but it's another one it's dragging it's taking complex turns and and one would say that really we're still far from really getting to the bottom mm. of what happened to Senzo Meiwa because this is not even the trial that we are supposed to be seeing play out this is the trial within a trial meaning that we're still waiting for the trial that is the actual trial you know to more or less get underway so it becomes really complicated uh, but we're hoping and praying that uh, indeed uh, then we'll see accountability in this regard and sense of clarity in terms of how uh, then uh, this uh, you know the songbird uh, the 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 musician uh, Mm. tend to feature in this case going forward we've already seen the uh, you know uh, the sister uh, in any way testify we've seen mm-hmm. um, Togo testify some of those people that were not th- th- that were there we haven't seen uh, 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 you know uh, Kelly testify uh, we haven't seen um, 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 who's this uh, as well Chico's son uh, yes, testify as way. well yeah. long way we haven't yeah. seen him testify so that kind of tells you that when you look at it uh, this is just one case that is uh, far from over so mm-hmm. we'll tend to wait and see see uh, how it plays out here but there's a family uh, that is seeking justice 250,000 rand uh, we are told had initially uh, been agreed for the hit uh, 45,000 rand was paid uh, now we'll have to follow the money in terms of who yes. paid it yeah you know what I mean if it's exactly. a contract killing of some sort then who got into that particular contract uh, but this photo as well uh, that exists within Kelly's phone that was found in one the a suspect's phone uh, too good to be true but when you look at it it's just one of those that would then really when you look at it move the case forward excuse mm. me we're out of time at Chloe but uh, I see Jabu wants to talk to us about uh, this particular case uh, I'm going to give him a little bit of a bite uh, and then we'll say our goodbyes is that all okay right. that's all right awesome man Jabu good morning welcome to the show good morning uh, no, welcome, uh, good morning Yes, you know, uh, in so far as the matter of Senzo Mayua is concerned, what is worrying is that the Mayua family is the one that is suffering the most in this matter. Mm-hmm. You know, if you remember very well, uh, Advocate Tefu, the former advocate, yeah. by not observing the decorum of the court and the procedure, court procedure, is the one who messed up this thing because he had uh, uh, compelling evidence and facts, but if actually he had presented this case very well, we wouldn't be where we are now. Mm. 
So which is time wasting and uh, it's uh, emotionally torturing to the mayor family because they are the ones who are the victims. However, what I want to bring forth in this is that I want to clarify why Kevin Kumar was not called as a witness. Why? It is because now this matter was now prosecution driven. And if it is prosecution driven, the prosecution should know very well that actually if he is called as a witness, they know that actually there is, uh, inferences are already drawn mm. that actually she is a suspect. In other words, hence there's a trial within a trial. Mm. So that is why in actual fact, once actually she becomes a witness, then it's going to be difficult again and prolong this matter even further for her to bring back to bring her back as a suspect, mm. which is another procedure and applications that happened in court. It's just yeah. so tricky, Jabu, because in all of this, we're hearing of a docket that existed that would then implicate this group that was there in the house. And this docket is what Marisela Tefo has been pushing to say that that docket is really what happened here, not a cooked up story of a robbery gone wrong, when it's not what it's pointing to. So do you think that uh, really uh, there's greater efforts to sweep that docket under the carpet? And and why would that be uh, when you look at it? Would that then give us a sense of uh, this particular incident not having been a robbery at all? You know, there's a lot of injustices that has occurred in this matter, which will teach us how law works. Because the carelessness and the recklessness with which this matter was handled by both uh, the prosecution and the investigating team, as well as uh, uh, senior counsel Tefu, mm. it's worrying in this, uh, which talks to the uh, criminal justice system of this country. Even Gineda himself, mm. you know, as much as he's so eloquent in representing this matter in court, uh, Gineda got this in 2020. Mm. And then if there are people who are confessing under oath, you know, that this person has done one, two, three. Why don't you go for that person? Because a person is arrested on reasonable doubt, mm, right? Mm. So there was enough doubt. Enough mm. doubt. I don't know, I don't know how, how much doubt did they wanted to go and arrest Kilkuman. So this actually tells you that in South Africa, there's something fundamentally wrong uh, mm. with our criminal justice system. So it talks to the question of whether you have or not. And probably maybe there are these high-profile people who will be implicated in this matter. Mm. But it remains to be seen because we are learning. Yeah, no, we are learning. And uh, But then again, uh, what you said is true, to say that the Meiwa family, uh, they are the ones that are in the center of all of this. They've been mm. traveling from KZN, coming to Joburg uh, for this case. Uh, it's been years now. I, I think we, we are counting 10 years uh, this year uh, since yep. the passing of the soccer star. And it doesn't look like things are moving the way that they should. Herinel, uh, for instance, is one person that has always been a bit about what happened there and even saying that uh, everybody who needs to be called in that was in the house to testify, that did not find uh, its light. Uh, We're seeing also now, on on top of these confessions, we're seeing cell phone evidence, Jabu, uh, that would then link 
you know, one of the suspects with, uh, you know, Kelly Kumalo in this regard. Mm. Uh, so it kind of tells you that if you needed evidence uh, to, you know, arrest someone on a suspicion and the likes, you have more than enough that could tell you to go out and issue out an arrest. But uh, things have not moving the way that they should in a way that it tells you indeed that the law is not practiced the way that it should. No, there was enough prima facie yeah. and circumstantial evidence to start with, actually for them to do the right thing. Yeah. But uh, in closing, I think you undermining, if you if you want to undermine it, you you take a criminal for granted. You are doing that at your own peril. Mm. Yeah, you are doing that at your own peril because uh, same to the Oscar Pistorius matter. Mm. Was it not for a criminal? Then Oscar Pistorius would have gone away with that uh, uh, judgment of uh, Judge Maseba mm. of five years, you know. Mm. So for it to be reviewed and him to be given 15 years, which was not even enough for mm. the brutal murder of another uh, human being, you know, mm. we wouldn't we even have been talking about Oscar Pistorius mm. now, you know. Yeah. So it's worrisome. It's worrisome. Yeah. The list is endless. But thank you very much, Gabriel, yeah. for giving me time. Yeah, no, thank you very much, Jabu, for also yeah. helping us understand what is mm-hmm. happening here. Enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you very much, Gabriel. Sure. Jabu calling us there uh, from Mami Lodi. We still have a long way to go, uh, Shohi, when you look at this particular case. Yeah. Uh, but also, uh, it's back to the courts. So we'll wait and see what really plays out uh, this week. Uh, but it's still a trial within a trial. Uh, so it kind of gives you uh, that feeling that indeed uh, we still have a long way to go where this is concerned. We really do. And it's been 10 years. Yes, right. uh, I think I don't need to say anything more than that. Mm. It's been 10 years. Uh, the, the saddening nature mm. around it is it's inexplicable. Mm-hmm. And we can only just hope. Yep. That's it. We can, we can only, only just hope. hope, man. We can only just hope. Uh, but also, I think uh, this is where uh, we need uh, our... Uh, I think... Uh, some of these cases that play out in the courts, mm. they tend to set a precedence. So mm. hopefully there'll be something uh, that we learn as well in this trial that will help us uh, continue to correct mm. as we go about in practicing uh, the and really more or less rolling out the justice system mm. in the country. Chloe, I want us to leave it here uh, for this morning. We're out of time. Uh, thank you very much, man, uh, for coming through thank and for you. helping us, really setting us off where uh, the week is concerned. Do enjoy the rest of it. Uh, let's do it bright and early next week for the our news wrap here uh, in uh, yeah for the Monday installment of the show. You know how we do. Thank you so much. And as always, despite all the problems that we have, our country is still a beautiful place worth fighting for. So let's keep the good fight going. Thank you so much. You've been listening to a Power ninety eight point seven podcast. For more podcasts, visit power nine eight seven dot co dot za or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.